Oh, it is a good afternoon, and we have a lot of sports to break into. And, you know, I'm just going to start off. How are you doing, Jaron? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. The sports weekend was amazing. There's a lot to dig into for Saturday and for Sunday, hmm. and I couldn't be more excited. And to start this off, we're going to start it off the same way as we did last week. Um, JJ had a hell of a game, and I'm going to let you talk about your man, JJ. Yeah, he did, and he was damn near perfect. Uh, 11 for 12, passing, three touchdowns, 229 yards total, uh, and he looked great doing everything he did. Uh, some of the passes he was making were uh, probably some of the best passes I've seen from a Michigan quarterback, at least in my lifetime. And uh, the way he read the defense and moved the offense, there was a play, I think Jake Butt pointed it out on the uh, broadcast, where uh, the tight end was in motion. Went past where he was supposed to be. JJ moved him back so the play could develop the way he wanted it. And that just that's a maturity thing that Cade brought to the table. But with JJ doing it, that just opens up everything. You got to understand that a lot of proponents of Cade were he could understand the offense. He was a game manager, a good leader. But the biggest gripe about him was deep ball wasn't that great. A lot of checkdowns, not a lot of flashy plays from him it was a run first offense but what you saw versus hawaii was uh you saw a lot of those attributes in jj that you saw in Cade. on top of that he can make those throws downfield and he could just open up the offense as far as playbooks go yeah and he really just has the ability to extend plays that Cade mcnamara does not have and uh that i also want to say on top of that is um I've seen a lot of Twitter comment to Cade's defense lately. Um, people have been hating on Cade and not really. I didn't. I didn't. I was in bed by this point. But is it true uh, that he got booed on Saturday? I believe so. Um, I think it was more from around the student section. I'm not positive where it was from or who was doing it, but it was definitely there. It wasn't like an arousing chorus, but there was definitely some yeah. birds in the crowd and. Quite yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I want to say that is not cool. Yeah. I'm not even a Michigan fan, but uh, one thing that you everybody, especially Michigan, like me as a Michigan State fan respects this, but especially Michigan fans should respect the fact that he led you guys to your first win against Ohio State in how long? In your first Big Ten title? Great. I think you guys should be grateful for having him last year mm-hmm. and just having him in general. So uh, I definitely think there needs to be more uh, sportsmanship, sportsmanship, I guess you could say, uh, there, or yeah, fansmanship. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with that. I, I, I didn't like hearing that when I was watching the game because, yeah, you have to understand, you know, he's a kid that poured out everything he had in – um. A Michigan uniform, and he's still there. He got you guys in the playoffs last year. Exactly. Like, come on. He's done something that no Michigan quarterback was able to do, and you could see it in interviews, and you can see it in everything, uh, how much he cared about this university and cared about winning and what it meant to him and for the fans. I mean, we beat Ohio State last year, and he was the quarterback that led us there. And may I also remind you, he was a quarterback that came in in 2020, when we were losing to Rutgers of all teams, and 
led us back in that game, got the win for us, and everyone loved the guy because we had witnessed Joe Milton for three, four weeks. <laughs> and if honestly, if it weren't for him, I don't think Harbaugh has a job because I think we lose that game versus Rutgers, and I think that would have been the last draw. And who honestly knows how ready JJ was at this time last year? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't follow up too much on that, so you'd know more of that on me. Mm-hmm. But last year was a pivotal year for uh, Harbaugh, and uh, McNamara helped him get the job done last year, even though that was a run-first team, and that was also a defense team. Uh, McNamara did did what he had to do. He got the job done. He made exactly. some simple plays. And but it got that led to winning. Yeah, it got that wins. led to winning. He didn't. So that's the important thing. He didn't throw away games. That was the important thing. It's kind of like the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Jimmy Garoppolo's not good, but he gets the job done. Jared Goff for us Lions fans. He's not that good. He gets the job done though if you put the right pieces around. Yeah, so. and, and yeah, I'll be grateful for what he's done. And he literally brought us out of the abyss. And that was that team. I think uh, the future is bright, and it's bright because we were able to win last year. Yeah. So talking about this weekend, JJ's getting a second start. Mm-hmm. So the spread is set at 46.5. UConn's coming to Ann Arbor. Are they covering that spread? Well, it'll be tough. What uh, was well, it this week, 42 versus Hawaii? Hawaii 52-10. was 52. I think it went up 52-10. during game time. No, but... You guys ended up the score fifty two. Yeah, it ended up being a forty two point spread. Fifty six. Yeah, you guys had fifty six. I believe we had fifty six, and they had ten, so it was forty six. And so yeah, um, I think they they can. I think they will this week. Um, JJ, I think is going to have another good game. Looks like the kids got it, and uh, so they'll do their part. It's with spreads. It's all a matter of how do the backups do and. Last week yeah. he did not have it coming in. Uh, as I said, I think he's trying was trying to do too much in that game because uh, I feel like he felt like he had to do something. But he was getting sacked, threw a pick. I think he was trying to save that starting job as much as he could. Yeah. Even though he knew yes. he was writing on the wall, I think he was a little emotional too. Yeah, I think he'll have a better game. You know, when you know that. You're in the position that he is. You know, I think he'll have a better game, and I think Michigan will cover this time. Um, I think UConn is a lot better than Hawaii, but they're still not good. Um, yeah. So, but I still think they'll cover in this game. So for me, JJ moves the ball easily versus Hawaii. UConn's another not good team. I think JJ's going to get his thing done. Um, like you said, it comes down to the backup. So I actually think they'll cover this spread simply just because. Uh, last game was a hard game for Cade, getting the news that basically he wasn't going to start in the middle of that game he could and having tell. to deal with that while going out and playing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, this week he knows he knows what the deal is. And he knows that, you know, even though that he doesn't have to start a job, well, if he wants to go start somewhere else, well, his tryout begins now. So whether he wants to start at Michigan when he's, I don't know, when, when would J.J. go into the draft? Would he? Would Cade be a senior? I think, I mean, I believe he's a senior this year, technically. Is he? Yeah, I think he's got a redshirt and COVID year under his belt. So I and think J.J.'s he, a 
sophomore, right? Yes, JJ's a sophomore. Yeah, so um, I don't know how many more years of eligibility Kate has left, but whether yeah, or not he wants stuff. to get a starting position wherever next year, uh, yeah, the COVID stuff makes it confusing. Um, yeah, he he's gonna have to go ball out and show teams what he has. So, um, I expect a better game from Cade. You guys have a lot of depth, so it's the talent's still gonna be way better than UConn, no matter what string yeah. it is. So, uh, I expect you guys to cover the spread. With that being said, going to Michigan State, they are going to the West Coast. Um, they're going to Washington. Um, and they got a big game this week, and we're going to start by talking about the Akron game. Um, I know you watched some of that game, so I want to hear some of your thoughts first before I dig into it. Um, yeah, uh, in the first half, I thought they looked a little shaky. Um, even though this was a shutout, at least, uh, I thought Akron had a lot of self-inflicted wounds, dropping balls, bumbling, you name it. Uh, but they often was still moving the ball quite a bit and at least in that first quarter's first half um and as far as the spartan offense goes peyton thorne a little sluggish in the first half um throwing balls behind receivers overthrows uh and you know that's a little worrisome obviously it's a fixable issue but it was it's a thing that he had problems with at points last year so He's got to figure it out, obviously, going forward. But as far as that game goes, they kind of settled down in the second half. Uh, they got the job done versus a team that they should have beaten. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, my my thoughts about that game was kind of, you know, Peyton Thorne came out of the gate slow. And what I've been noticing, the difference between this year and last year, uh, which I think Mel Tucker has been purposely kind of putting Thorne in this position to kind of develop him more for these big games is we become more pass dependent uh trying to air the ball out more trying to get him to make his reads um even against pressure and when we've been kind of predictable with you know us passing um i think it's all a development thing to you know get him past that to you know eventually you're going to be pinned back against a good team and you're going to have to make a play and they're going to know yeah you have to do something like you can't run it here like you have to do this so there's going to be points in time so i think it's more preparation for that so that being said um he struggled in the first half um after struggling uh in the second half when the blowout started to happen that's when the spartans started focusing on that running game and really when that running game got in rhythm we complimented that with the passing game and then he did his thing it was very similar to last year mm-hmm. and that's why i do have some confidence going and and really that's when that whole game figured itself out plus they were moving the ball pretty well on us early before that quarterback got hurt yeah um they were moving that ball and fumbles just kept killing them and killing them and a yeah. good team's not going to do that washington I mean, I can't say for a fact Washington won't fumble like two times because yeah. they're good, but they're but they're but I'm more referring to like Ohio State's not going to do that for you. Oh, like the big boys are not going to do that for you. So, um, it's a little bit of a concern to me how easily they move that ball. Uh, but a big talking point is also Jacoby Winman. K 
can he keep it up versus Washington? Leads the uh, leads college football in sacks and tackles for losses and forced fumbles. So, uh, he's a big dude. I'm going to be looking at for this Saturday, and you know, can he fulfill that? Sorry, we had a little bit of technical interruptions, but uh, the point that I wanted to make was. Uh, this Washington game is going to be very telling on whether Winman can be, you know, our next K-9, as in the fact that he could be the next big recruit we got out of the transfer portal who really helps take this team to the next level. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to get going early on the ground and let Peyton Thorne get into his rhythm. And I think we got a chance to win this game, but uh, Peyton Thorne definitely can't be starting slow. What are your yeah. thoughts? Um. In regards to the game, I think from what I've seen is you're right. Peyton Thorne can't start slow, and he has started a little bit slow in both games. Um, but the, the key for me is is going to be that Spartan offense because I I think uh, Washington's got a pretty solid offense. Uh, obviously, they're no like Ohio State or anything, but they played some pretty good games. Uh, they have a quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., who has experience in. Big Ten play. He's a transfer from Indiana. He's their starting quarterback. He's looked pretty solid these past two games for Washington. It's an offense that's completely different from what they had a year ago when they played Michigan. Uh, they're a lot more agile, shall I say. Uh, they can move the ball, and uh, mm-hmm. they couldn't last year. So yes. Very telling will, for that defense. Yes. Will the Spartan defense be able to hold that one? And I, I think they'll score. So I think it's going to be up to uh, Michigan State to kind of counterpunch when they're punched in the face. So, yeah, yeah, should be an exciting matchup. I think I have Washington winning that game, but uh, I can see Michigan State going in there and winning it as well. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a nice talking point. I was going to ask you who you had winning that game. Um, for me, I personally... Man, it's really a 50-50. It's really, I, I'm just going to leave it at this. It's, if Payne Thorne and comes in comes into that game on on his business uh, and puts up a good performance, I have Michigan State winning. But if he starts slow again, um, which I can't say he won't because he's yet to show that he's not going to this season, then I, ha- I have my concerns. Um, it's going to be very testy for that defense. So, uh yeah, we'll, right. Because we'll, I think we'll... I think I think it'll be challenged because I think Washington will definitely understands what the weak point is if you stop their running game and make it. Washington's defense, if they're going to play this game right, their goal is going to be to make Peyton Thorne beat them. And if uh, he's not up to that task, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, we'll really figure out who this Michigan State team is early in the season. So I'm excited. Just know, you know, set my expectations right away. Like. I don't have to wait seven weeks to know if we could possibly be a playoff team. Like, yeah, I get to know, yeah. I get to know this week. Like, if we win, like, depending on how we win, if we win by, like, somehow come out and just come out guns a-blazing, like, Payne Thorne finally has his crap together and we win by, like, two times, that's pretty damn good. But if he struggles and we lose, then I, I kind of know, okay, this is going to be a, another Peyton Thorne on and off kind of ordeal so uh anyways enough about michigan state we're on to the detroit lions they just played this weekend uh 
So yeah, the Detroit Lions, they played a lot of talking points. I'm gonna let you kick this off. The opportunity, obviously, is most did to really feel that energy in that uh, Ford Field. And I gotta say, that was pretty cool for an NFL game. You definitely feel that. I, I talked about it in the previous podcast, how I thought they were gonna win off that energy. Uh, ultimately, defense kind of let them down. But I thought the offense played well. Goff looked good in the second half. But that slow start, and I think that defense is what really eventually hurt them. But if they fix them, they have a couple things to fix. But I think if they can, they can have a solid year. Yeah, so they definitely do have a couple things to fix. And there's a couple questionable calls that, you know, the media's really been pointing out about the Lions, but we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, the defense, um, it really started off on fire like they got i want to say the first two drives they, we stalled out the eagles um the problem was we followed our great drive with uh three three and outs right after that which is not acceptable um you had a chance you went up seven zero right away you stopped them you go three and out you stop them again, then you go three and out again. And that just completely kills your defense because you've got guys like Aiden Hutchinson running his tail off, and he's just absolutely getting winded. And after that, it felt like the defense never got a chance to catch their breath again from... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was all over the place. Yeah, after that, it just seemed like Hutchinson... Like, really, after the first quarter, it seemed like Hutchinson wasn't in the backfield as much. Like, in the beginning of the game, I was like, holy crap, he's back to every play. And yeah. then after that, it really just seemed like like you could have almost forgot that he was playing at that point. Um, He really just gave it all in his first quarter, and he got winded after we kept going three and out, and that defense never caught their breath. And yeah, that's what I noticed. Tough. And that's why I actually, even though we scored 35 points, I blame this loss on our offense. You had a chance to put them down early. You had a chance to make them beat. They, you had a chance to make Jalen Hurts to have to beat you with your arm early. You had a chance to go up 10, 17, uh, 13. I'll get, just say two field goals. You had a chance to really put them on their heels, and the offense failed to do that after that first great drive. And that's why I put this a little bit on the offense more than I do the defense because we know that the Eagles have a great offense, and they have a good defense as well. But... Yeah, you can't. You you just can't afford to go three and out in the NFL or in college football, really. So yeah, um, that's true. To have it happen three times in a row just kills momentum, and it also kills that crowd. So yeah, and I I think also what hurt them was third downs. They had them in third down a lot. So many defense, times. So many times, and scrambled every uh, time. You scrambled out of there every single time. It felt like, and I and that definitely played a part in why they were winded. Yeah. It led to super long drives of just yeah. not being able to get on the, the field. field. Exactly. Not and hurt you. I've been in those stands, and I know what it's like when you're screaming, screaming every third down, and you just keep giving it keep up. Giving it you up. don't want to scream anymore. You're like, you still do it, but you don't have the energy that you did the first two times when it was third down. So that definitely, that definitely until does. they're in the red zone, then you want to start screaming, but then like they're getting points either way. So. Um, but yeah, so on to some of the questionable calls. We're going to go to the one that happened first. That a lot of media has been making a big deal and they're ripping Dan Campbell. And, you know, it's giving a lot of same old Lions nonsense. And the one thing I want to say about the same old Lions nonsense is 
almost all of you guys predicted them to lose this game. That is my one argument about this not being the same old lines is, okay, if you guys said before the game they are winning this game, then yes, if they lost in this fashion, yeah, sure. Just go ahead and say same old lines. But we were supposed to lose. The, like, if we lost 44 to 20, would you not say same old lines because it wasn't a one-score game? Like, I don't care how he lost. Eventually, you're going to have to win games you shouldn't, you shouldn't win. But there's a lot of season to go, so I'm not just going to start labeling this team same old Lions when we have 16 more games left to be played. But that being said, getting off my soapbox. <laughs> that being said, um, first questionable was the Lions are down seven. It is the second quarter. About, I don't remember the exact time on the clock. I want to say it was about 50 seconds. I want to say it was a sack. I want to say it was a sack. Um, I could be wrong. I'll say a sack. It became second and 14, and Eagles were content with letting the clock run out. Dan Campbell calls a timeout, mm-hmm. thinks the defense can stop him. Um, they've already given up, I think it was 17 points. No, maybe it was 20. I think it was 21 points. They'd already given up 21 points in that second quarter. Thinks that all of a sudden we can stop them that second quarter. Calls a timeout. Next play, 13-yard gain, third and one. This is history. They get a field goal. Um, and it goes from what was going to be a seven-point game going into half to a 10-point game going into half. And on top of that, they got ball coming out of half, that which then made it a 17-point game. So it was a 10-point swing right there. Yes. So, let me. I I want to know what you think about that whole incident. Was it dumb? Was it good that he was being aggressive, uh, trying to get the ball back and maybe tie it before going into half? What What do you think? Time was left. I forget when he called that timeout. Uh, it was about fifty seconds. Second fourteen. We had a, two more timeouts. So we could have stopped it every time. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if if. If you're down by only seven, your offense obviously wasn't clicking. I think it's back to drawing board always. If you're like, because when you make an aggressive play like that at the end of like a first half, you're anticipating that my offense has something cooking and we can go down there and score. But you know, at that time, they weren't really doing a fantastic job offensively. And uh, you call the timeout and then that happens. Um, I think it's a little over-aggressive. I think at that point you have to understand that we got to go into half, we got to readjust, and then we'll come out better And where the score was. Because they get the ball. Regardless, you don't want to play a risk because look what happened. Yeah, so I agree. Um, you just gave up 21 points in that quarter. Your defense wasn't stopping them. They did not have momentum. They made one play, and you assumed they had momentum all of a sudden. Um, on top of that, I'm, uh, they had just gotten a first down before that one sack happened on a first and 10. So uh, it's not like, you know, we just got them to go three downs, and then they got that first down, and then we answered with a sack. So, like, our defense had no momentum. They just happened to make one good play right then and there, and... You know, when it happened, 
I'll be honest, I was like, eh, okay, I guess I see what you're doing. But I don't know if I completely agree. And, uh, really, like, I wasn't really thinking about the situation much at the time, but that's definitely a time where you have to uh, weigh the risk and reward because you go down seven after that after the half. It's a one-possession game, and your team has not been playing that good. You get to give your defense a break finally, who's been winded that half because your offense kept going three and out. Your offense hadn't got a drive going until literally that last drive when uh, Jared Goff found, uh, I want to say it was Josh Reynolds, for like a 25-yard gain, and then we marched down and hurried up and scored. Um, so we had finally opened up the offense. So the offense was finally get going, but we had only had one drive at that time for proof that our offense was going, so we still didn't really know if we could repeat it at that moment. Um, we just knew what we finally put together, a good drive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't agree with that timeout. You had to go back to the locker room. You had to give your defense a break because yeah, now, now you give you give them a score before half. So now that's the recent memory. Instead of knowing that they left that half get, getting a sack, and on top of that, you just let them play a whole other drive, win them before half, they go in half, then they come back right out to f- try and stop Jalen Hurts running the football. It just didn't make much sense. No, nah, but... I think the other one's a little worse, in my opinion. Yeah, so the other <laughs> the other one's a good one. So the other one is Dan Campbell decides to be Dan Campbell. He decides to onside, onside kick this ball. Um, and yeah, so uh, do I still think they were going to score a touchdown if we kicked it off or didn't? Yes, we weren't stopping them all day. But that's but not the that argument. Quarter, though. I mean, they had some stops in that fourth quarter. Yeah, momentum. Things changed. They did. They did. You put them on and the 50-yard line, that completely changes the mentality of the defense. My biggest thing about it was the fact that it's kind of like baseball. You got to make the... De- you got Just like you've got in baseball, you got to make the defense work for it. You got to make the offense work for it. You never know what will happen. And I like my chances of Jalen Hurts doing something stupid more than I like my chances on an onside kick. Um, Ugh. It yeah. really comes down to that. It's really simple. I like my chances of a drop snap, <laughs> a freaking anything, honestly. Could have got a trip shot. and fall <laughs> falls for a five yard loss, and then in second 15, and you somehow stop them. Like, I like my risk of all this stuff. Or even just a couple good plays, defensive plays just happen to get stringed together. Like I like all those chances more than an onside kick. Exactly. So you gave them short field. You gave them short field, and I don't know. I don't understand that call. No, and uh, and yes, they ended up moonwalking the touchdown, and they probably would have done that before because we honestly didn't start stopping them. I know much many people might not want to see it this way, but. They started running it on the first two downs because they wanted to run out the clock, and then we were making some good plays on third down. Like, I want to say the one stop, they ran it first and first down and second down, and then they finally decided to pass it, and Austin Bryant got his big paws up on the defensive line and knocked that thing down. So, like, they really went away from A.J. Brown. 
which was stupid of them. Like, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna blame the Lions for those stops because they did what they had to do. Exactly. But there was a lot of stupid coaching decisions on the Eagles' sideline of, like, why are you going away from what what works? I don't get why coaches do that. Keep getting the ball to A.J. Brown. Keep running up the score. Like, it's been working all game. You have 35 points. Like, They why? didn't do that. They didn't do that. Give the Lions a chance. Yeah, so... Um, but that's not to discredit what the Lions did. They crawled themselves back into this game, and really it was always in reach. It was all about when we could just get that stop because once, once that first half ended, the offense really seemed to, like, if they had the ball, they were going to score. That's what it almost kind of felt like, so. Yeah, they were they were humming in that fourth quarter, that offense was. Yeah. Um, so that being said, we got this week – uh, we got the Commanders coming to Detroit. I'm expecting another packed house. I haven't gotten any hearing on how sold out it might be. I haven't heard about any of that yet. It's still early in the week. Uh, but I expect that place to be crazy because I know the the people who bought the standing room only tickets are uh, for free. Uh, so I know... Th- experience a home game and this is a very winnable game so that's another reason why i expect lions fans to show out is they know that you know this could this is very well could be the first one of the season they could be. want to watch it could be um yeah they got to continue some things that they built on at the end of the game they, they played a better fourth quarter than they did the during the rest of the game if they can build off those positive things fix their little mistakes i think they can pull out a win yeah, um, I think I will make a couple more predictions. I think Aiden Hutchinson gets his first sack this game. Hopefully. I think he'll be more uh, responsible with how much energy he's exerting right to start off the bat. Definitely, <laughs> um, he definitely has some adrenaline going. So he I was running it. around like a chicken <laughs> with his head cut off. He was going at it, so... Uh, I expect a better game from him than but, uh, versus but that was the always Commanders. Too, so. Yeah. Um, and this game, you have a quarterback who is going to stand in the pocket more. Um, he's not going to freaking run through his offensive line whenever he wants to. So uh, I, I feel a couple sacks. I feel secondary will continue to play well. Because uh, really our secondary was not bad. It was just the fact that Every time there was nothing open, Jalen Hurts found a way to scramble for 20 Yeah, he's yards. tough. He's tough. That's what he did well last year. Yeah. But our second, our secondary guy was getting the job done. We only... Yeah. Jeff Akuda shut down Smith for zero yards. A.J. Brown had 150. But outside of that, they weren't... It was really A.J. Brown and Hurts doing all the damage. Um, contained is contained. Yeah, so... uh and it, it was just like one in doubt, throw it to, throw it to A.J. Brown. That's, that's what, it, what it became, too. So, uh, yeah, big game from DeAndre Swift, I'm expecting. He had a great game week one. 144 rushing yards. I want to say it was 178 total. Um, and, uh, I so see from a Lions running back, huh? <laughs> I haven't seen that since Barry, so... Um, <laughs> That's great to see. I expect him to have a great game versus the Redskins. I mean, not the Redskins. My apologies. Uh, the Commanders. Caught me slipping. Commanders. 
Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, I really can't wait for that game. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all we got for this episode. And I just want to – I hope everybody has a great sports weekend, and I am signing off. Yeah, a good weekend. Should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday and Sunday again. So it'll yes, be sir. a good weekend.